podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The share it with a friend deal, even if that friend is yourself. Your McDonald's, your rules. Live your best morning with BOGO breakfast sandwiches only on the McDonald's app. Now buy one bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddles or sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and get a second one free. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one per day. Excludes one, two, three dollar menu. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Billiton on this Tuesday afternoon. I'm joined as per usual by Lawrence Conley and Patrick McGill. Gentlemen, how are we? Yep, doing well, mate. Spent uh, Saturday down at Greenock Celtic Supporters with, with, with John Yogi Hughes, got a win on Sunday, and then Stephen O'Donnell, the, the Celtic offer, popped down to see us earlier in the week. So it's all good, mate. Excellent. Busy man. Um, Patrick, yourself, how are we? Not bad, not bad. Um... Very interesting result with Betis on the Thursday. Missed the game on the Sunday, but it's another three points. And, you know, it looked like a bit of a scrappy game, a bit of a, a slightly dull <clears throat> dull game without a striker. But looking forward to um, Wednesday night in the final. Wednesday, which isn't on uh, television. No, it isn't on television, which is why I'm delighted that I'm going. Um, even though it'll be absolutely uh, Baltic, probably, but... So far, the weather forecast is actually not too bad, so fingers crossed it's not too cold. But, um, Lawrence, we'll kick off last Thursday. Obviously, we've not been on since the, the victory up at Tannadice. We, we spoke about that in depth. We spoke about um, the goals, the way we played. But uh, Tune's team on Thursday night, um, we saw a lot of players giving a competitive debuts for Celtic. What, what was your take on the match on Thursday night? Shows you, uh, listen, the, the third in La Liga, a great result. It's come at a cost with, with the injuries, but it's also showed, you know, we've got a few people that I think performed a wee bit better than we, we expected them to perform. So, yeah, uh, makeshift team beats third in La Liga. It's great. Uh, you know, probably unexpectedly so, I would say. But I think the big thing coming out of it is probably the injuries is going to hurt us. Let's be honest, it was kind of dead rubber, wasn't it, the game? You know, it's always good to win any game, but would I rather have not won and avoided injuries? Yeah. Uh, because although we won at the weekend, and we could really do with some fit strikers, couldn't we? Well, at least one. <laughs> you know, one's not too much to ask for. Well, we're going to talk about that because um, there was a wee analysis that I saw online that looked at the shape. 
Uh, on Sunday, Patrick obviously we'd played kind of two number tens, and it looked as if we we did really play with no striker. We let the, the overlap of the number tens going with the wingers, but we'll get on to that. Um, first, I want to come to one of the tweets you put out on Thursday night, Patrick. Um, one you into another. Um, a very um, cynical at times Scottish football journalist uh, and journalist tweeted something out about Ewan Henderson and you corrected him to say that Callum McGregor had not kicked a ball or had very little kicked a ball for Celtic's first team by the age of 21. Um, Ewan Henderson, talk about him and you know that comparison that you made on Thursday night. Yeah, I mean, Ewan, uh, is it Ewan Cameron? Have I got that right? Uh, the, the journalist. Um, Ewan Murray, I think. Ewan Murray, sorry. Ewan Cameron's a radio man. I alleged journalist, Ewan Murray. Um, you know, it's it, it, to say that he hadn't... He, he played his 10th game and he didn't know where the next 10 were going to come from. He fails to mention that he's played about 30 out on loan for, uh, I think it's Queen's Park in Dunfermline. You know, Callum McGregor, I don't think, played 30 games out on loan for Notts County. So he's actually ahead of Callum McGregor in terms of development. And if you remember Callum McGregor, he did shaky two, two and a bit years after his debut. Um, and uh, I think it was Iceland in Reykjavik when he scored that goal. So, you know, just he's trying to take the shine off Celtic 1-3-2 and three, two in Europe against a top team. He's trying to take the shine off of Ewan Henderson scoring his first goal for Celtic. Try to take the shine off Scottish football, really, isn't he? I mean, you could you could probably make excuses for uh, other Scottish teams getting good results in Europe that night as well. It's just it's just nonsense. And even even if he doesn't have a future at Celtic, you've got guys like Turnbull in the team, Mikey Johnson in the team. You know, Dane Murray played earlier in the season. You've got all these Stephen Welsh. You've got all these young Scottish players. Ralston's made a big turnaround. There's no need to try and find a negative when there isn't really one. We we, we have a good academy. We, we let Scottish youngsters play. I don't know what he's trying to do there. No, neither do I. Um, Lawrence, on you and Henderson, obviously, we, we saw him um, under Brendan Rodgers just before he departed to, to go to Leicester. Um, he played very well in that game against Motherwell. Then Neil Lennon started him in his first game at Tynecast and he played a lovely ball through. Um, he's a player who you yeah, quite like. I think he's I think he's a decent enough footballer. We saw him against Lille last season again, same scoreline three two, and again he comes on and he takes his chance uh, on Thursday night. What do you think his future is at Celtic? Obviously the midfield area is somewhere that's it's pretty crowded at times in terms of personnel in there, but I think he can play in the wing. Um, could he be an option? That Ange Postecoglou continues to look at throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, I think so. Could they maybe even a false nine with Henderson? Technically very good. I don't think I've ever seen him put in less than a seven in any game he plays for. And he's one of the players I'm not worried about if I see him in the starting lineup because I know he's going to be good enough. I know he's going to give a good account of himself. Some of the other ones you were like, not too sure what we're getting here. Henderson, you know, he's just going to slot in seamlessly. And, well, Patrick's right. I think Callum went down to Notts County, but he hadn't really done anything for Celtic until he was 21, 22. You know, he, he got that, that one spell at Notts County and he was scoring a goal every three games. We almost sold him, but but, but luckily, I think Ronnie uh, saw the light and, and started playing him. Uh, I think Henderson's, you know, he's in no worse off a position than Callum was at that age. We've got a good young squad that's, got, that's going to need people. So I can see him getting games before the end of the season, but yeah, I, I think he's a great wee player. 
never worry when I'm seeing on the team lines. Some some others are like, you know, what's it going to be like today? I think Henderson's very consistent when he comes in, just slots in, never looks out of place, technically very good. So on the wings, false nine, yeah, can definitely see him being, being used. Uh, his brother's all, obviously had a few games with us before he went over to Italy, seems to be doing well. Yeah, uh, and by all accounts, he's the better one, the one we've still got. So, yeah, I, I think it's got a future at Celtic. You know, it's too, too, too early to write the players off at kind of 21, 22, isn't it? Yeah, no, 100%. And I totally agree with you. Whenever I see him, as, you know, come on or, or start for Celtic, I always think he's going to put a shift in for you. He can take a corner as well, which is always a positive. And um, that'd be a link from Cameron McGregor at Notts County. That was, you know, he was obviously teaching Jack Grealish's trade down there. Uh, Lawrence before before Ronnie Dyla um, brought him back up the road and congratulations to Ronnie it's the first time I've been on since he um, conquered America um, so congratulations to Ronnie absolutely delighted for him at the weekend Patrick um, very emotional at the end from him but uh, yeah I was delighted for Ronnie Dyla because you know again we're talking about newspapers spinning things you know he was re- redemption or something I think was the word that the the DR used, whereas you know, this is a guy that's won the league championships in uh, Norway, Scotland, and the USA. Yeah, I think they called him a Celtic flop when he won 50% of the trophies available to him when he was over here. You know, you've seen managers move to England in recent weeks, being hailed as massive successes with one at a nine, whereas Ronnie with three at a six is a Celtic flop. Um, so I'm not sure how they've how they've worked that one out. But ab- absolutely, congratulations to him. Um, I think everyone recognises he set the foundations for success under Brendan Rodgers this time at Celtic um, with players like Armstrong, McGregor, Tierney, um, you know, trying to improve the fitness but not quite managing it down to uh, certain senior players. So absolutely, congratulations to him. What I am slightly disappointed in is uh, we're the only team he's won a trophy at and he hasn't stripped off and done a bunch of press-ups. Uh, Quite happy to do it at New York and Strong Squad set. I'm just feeling a bit left out, guys, that's all. Uh, no, congratulations to him. And, you know, it's obviously been a while. You've seen with the emotions. I think it's been five and a half years. So hopefully wins another one off soon. Um, and again, even Ephraim Juarez as well, well done to him, former, former Hoops player, um, his assistant. And again, they were brought together, Lawrence, but the Celtic, like the... Ronnie's story is that they, they both met, I think, in a bar somewhere, started chatting about Celtic. Next thing, you know, yep. a year or a few months later, there he's there as his assistant manager. Yeah, Ephraim recognised me in an airport bar, come up to him and, you know, are you Ronnie Daly, a Celtic manager? Yeah. And, and and as you say, now they've conquered the USA. But I think it speaks to Ronnie, you know, that there's not many managers win leagues and he's done it in Norway, Scotland, America. It, it, you know, it does speak to his standard as much as a lot in Scotland have you believe he's a flop he was only denied a, a treble by I think it was five unsighted they're trying the goal line officials at that time weren't they as well as the assistant ref and the ref all perfectly sighted but unable to see uh, a handball so but I don't think we got weeks of coverage a lot of co- Kyogo offside uh, for that but yeah no, Ronnie's a cracking guy uh, you know try to modernise the club as Patrick said and if I hadn't been for the rebellion of some senior players, they might have, might have achieved it. But if you look at the, the younger players like Tierney and McGregor that listened to him and took on board, look at the careers they've got just now. Mm. Yeah, it's very, it's um, it's interesting to think, you know, in terms of if Ronnie was ever to return to Celtic, maybe they kind of, you know, the different 
the target that's been set at this moment in time, um, Patrick, in terms of, you know, a, a lot of focus on um, what you kind of describe as the modern game of football. Um, but Paddy's come in, just to remind you, Patrick, it's probably too chilly in Scotland to do that. But anyway, um, moving on um, from Patrick getting excited about Ronnie Bailey getting He, he did do it in Norway, by the way. Norway's a lot colder uh, than Scotland. Uh, there you go. You can hold him to that. You can hold him to that. <laughs> Mo- moving on from that, um, at the weekend, Lawrence Day after Ronnie, uh, New York City side, won the, the Cup. Um, we played at home to Motherwell, obviously. We knew they were going to have no striker after Kyogo went off injured uh, against Real Betis. And looking uh, at the way Celtic played on Sunday, I was at the game of course, um, it looked as though Tommy Rodgick David Turnbull were stretching the game into the wide areas and it was just a kind of there's a lot of interchanges going on in there McGregor was going forward, Turnbull uh, Rodgick, obviously Forrest went off and Johnson came on and he was doing it again and Abada on that side, um, the teams had to adapt to that, obviously due to no kind of you know, target man, I know he was not a, a big guy but he'll, he'll do the running and he'll be there when you need him but um, how good is it that we can just adapt to that and get the victory? Because it's always going to be very difficult to do that. And um, with you know injury problems, I mean, Ange Postecoglou must be the unluckiest guy in the world just now with injury problems. That we can adapt and win games ugly like that. Either unlucky or his, his players get no protection. I'm not too sure, or maybe a combination of both. But uh, yeah, I mean, we had uh, a new signing, Stephen Tomlinson, was on covering the game with myself and Laura. And, and the, the team, because of Angie's philosophy and his style, they just seem to be able to adapt. You could still recognise it. They still played the same way. Still, still the high press. So it's great that you can, you know, it was only 1 0, but it could have been 5 or 6, let's be honest, for 10 or chances. I think Roger could have had a hat trick. It's great that we're managing to grind out results. You know, last season, that's a draw we lose. So we just need to keep putting results together. And I, th- I think Ange has spoken about that. You know, he's saying to him, look, every time he's asked, he's stepping up. We might be short in numbers at, at the moment, but, you know, it's counting down to the, to the transfer window. It's five games away now. We've got Ross County, which obviously you're, you're travelling to, uh, the cup final, which will take care of itself. So it's just ticking games off just now until the transfer window opens and... Goodness knows, maybe when the transfer windows opens, big Chris Julian might even be fit by then. But oh, uh, two years of wishing for wonders. Two years of wishing for too much. But um, Patrick, you know, Sunday was always going to be a tough game without the injury problems that we had. Um, but as Lawrence touches on there, it's just about ticking games off, drinking them out. And I thought personally, um, one nil didn't really do Celtic justice. It could have been two or three before half-time. We created a lot of chances in the game. Um, you can see that with the XG, I think, that's created in the game as well. And, uh, yeah, I, I thought you know Celtic were fairly in control of the game, unlike Ewan Anderson, the referee, who wasn't in control of the game whatsoever. Yes. Um, unfortunately, I missed the game. I was at a, a busty lunch uh, slash dinner. But uh, I have seen the highlights, and I did actually catch a fair bit of the second half. And... Uh, I, I, I was quite shocked. I seen the, there was a corner taken in the 68th minute and I, I've wanted Celtic to try this for years where one player rolls the ball and then Turnbull, I think it was Taylor that rolled the ball, Turnbull went up to it and just started running with it. And, you know, obviously you're quite shocked when you see that, but when, when you see the replay, you realise it's actually quite clever and the referee's not clever enough to spot it, so he's he's pulled it back because uh, Inverness scored from it about seven, eight years ago um, mm-hmm. doing that. But no... Uh, 
as you say, totally lost control of the game. I think he lost control of the game before the game started. I think he, for, he forgot he had to lead the team out or something and just letting silly fouls away, uh, blowing for fouls that weren't there, you know. The one thing he did get right was the foul that led to our goal right enough because God knows how anyone can watch that and not think it's a foul. It, quite well, clearly, there is some it, people. <laughs> not of a Celtic persuasion, I don't think. Um, Mikey Johnson jumped for the ball and he's pushed in the back. I mean, how how that how that isn't a foul, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, not a very impressive refereeing performance. It was refereeing League One football the weekend before, I believe, and I think that's probably still a level too high for him. Uh, I think, you know, maybe if we had full-time referees and these people, their, their job depended on it. They were analysed by guys higher up in the SFA every single week. Maybe they'd improve, maybe they wouldn't. Who knows? Um, but, you know, something has to change. Yeah, something does have to change. Lauren, it's an order. I don't really need to give you too much to, to go on this topic. But um, as Patrick says, I think he did... Um, forget to lead the teams out some of the challenges early on in the game were horrendous and even you know I think Motherwell might even feel a bit aggrieved there was a one with Starfield in the box and I looked at it and I thought mm, you know in any other given day I actually could have given that as a Motherwell penalty um, but once again just a complete incompetent display by another Scottish football referee at Celtic Park and again it's not as coming on just because we've got an issue with referees it's, we've won the game and we're calling it out as we should do yeah, I mean, look at the one. Roderick's breaking. He's just inside their half. And uh, Marvel Centre half pulls him back. It's a yellow card. You know, the, the boy's taking one for the team. We get the free kick, but no yellow. A tailor taken really late. Good advantage played. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Doesn't go by and book him. And I think the corner just sums it up. You know, it's obvious Taylor's rolled it out of the arc. Ball's now in play ref. And it, they just think they can't get worse, but kind of appears week on week. It's all, almost as if they are. I don't know how they train them or, or what they do with them, but they just seem uh, particularly poor. And, there doesn't seem any appetite within the SFA to, you know, do anything about it. You know, the head of referees not come out and spoke about a handball at the weekend. You know, there was a pretty glaring wrong decision or, you know, yellow cards not, not given when they should. But, you know, he'll come out and speak about a, a marginal offside decision. It just seems a bit haphazard the way that they run things. And, you know, professional game really does deserve a professional settle with the referees, doesn't it? Uh, but maybe we should just be like Ange and says, you know, worry about the things that we can control. And we know Celtic are never going to be able to control the the, the, the referees. Well, no, and uh, I think Celtic fans for the rest of time will probably be warning about referees until there's some change to the the current setup. Um, Patrick, 
we're getting described here as a Ronnie Levin. Um, <laughs> that we all wanted him going, and that he was flops. Um, what was your take on that? Because there's been a bit of mixed discussion in the, the comments. I like to bring in the comments. Um, but as you said, it was three out of six. And in his first season, had it not been for a bad refereeing decision, um, they probably would want to win the treble, I think. Yeah, 100%. <clears throat> I mean, he scored that goal. You're 2 nothing up at half-time and you've got Falkirk in the final. So you've got to assume that we'd win the treble, barring a refereeing decision, you know. Uh, it, it is down to Ronnie that he didn't um, stamp his authority in the team. I think it didn't help that the board were never fully behind him. Yes. I think the board expected him to come in as an assistant to either... Especially if you look at the signings in the second season, I think. I mean, Calton Colin players like this come Yeah, in. very disappointing. I mean, I think he was expected to be the assistant to Neil Lennon or Roy Keane, one of the two. He ends up being the full-time manager. Um, he does get some of his own players, and I don't think it helps that he started with Joe and Jabergett. I think if he got another two or three players like Johansson, he would have fared better, but... You know, the guys like, you know, Mulgrew and Stokes, who, who were good players for Celtic, uh, but they didn't buy into Ronnie's philosophy. And, you know, it's, it's you can pin that in them for disrespecting the manager, but you've also got to look at the manager and say, you should have just sold those guys. You should have just put them in the bench and not played them. Because if they're not going to respect you, then it totally undermines everything you're doing. But no, I think, you know, he's a progressive coach. He likes to play attacking football. He likes to press the ball. Um, I, I think he's a great guy. He, he sounds a lot of fun on a night out as well. That comes so, in that comment there from, from Brown Water that's come in there. That said without the, the two years of that 4 2 3 one in the high press, Roger starts from, from zero coming in. I mean, he, you see, Patrick, and follow on in Lawrence, he did set the foundations for some of the football that, that Celtic played in. You know, it's probably no coincidence that when Brendan Rodgers walked into the building, Lawrence, they didn't see Charlie Mulgrew, Anthony Stokes or Chris Commons feature for Celtic. Yeah, no, I, I think, uh, yeah, after the kind of player rebellion, the, their time was finished, wasn't it? I, I think Rodgers himself said that. He, he was lucky that Ronnie had laid the foundations. All he had to add was, you know, two or three good players, and, and that was it. So, Carl McGregor and Kieran Tierney will certainly be thankful that they've got to play under Ronnie, you know, and it, it looks like we've got a manager now that's also quite willing to develop young players and give them their chance. Yeah. So, and he's putting in a style of play that's consistent week in, week out, isn't it? We can recognise that, that as that style of the, this current Celtic team, which, speaking to Yogi Hughes at the weekend, he said they'd have loved to have played, in, could have played you know, an attacking team, can play anywhere across the front, front three. Said it would suit them down to the ground. Yeah, um, I think 189 goals is John Hughes' record for Celtic. He's Celtic's fifth highest um, goal scorer. So I think, as you say, Lawrence, quite a versatile player um, in the 60s, could play out in that winger up front and scored a, a barrel of the goals for Celtic. Um, but, but going back to, to Motherwell, Patrick, um, it's a great, great goal that we score. Um, but a lot of people um, comparing it to the goal against the, Sean Maloney scored. I think that was possibly against Motherwell, I can't remember. Um, it was at Hamden, 2006 or so. Um, just with that big blockage of defenders there. But, you know, David Turnbull, you know, um, doesn't get the credit for it. He said it was all Callum McGregor after his wee uh, word in his ear. Callum McGregor got a bit of recognition uh, yesterday for his efforts. He, in his maiden season as captain, 
he's just continuing to grow and lead Celtic and um, yeah, I think he's going to be a very successful captain for Celtic Yeah, I mean firstly it was a really good goal Tom, I mean, you know Callum does well to spot it Turnbull, great pass and then Roderick does exceptionally well, he left it in the corner and get it through all those bodies because I think it it goes through three or four players and then past the goalkeeper as well. So, um, fantastic idea and fantastically executed. And as you say about McGregor, you know, he was, I think uh, Kevin Tierney said in an interview last year that he'll definitely be captain, he'll definitely be successful. And it's it's turned out true so far. I mean, Sunday will be the first big test, but you can see how much it means to him, especially in recent weeks. Um, you know, Full time in the semi final against St Johnson, he was right up to the fans. When he scored with his backside against Aberdeen, he went right up to the fans screaming and shouting. So you can see how much it means to him. Uh, you know, he doesn't want to be the guy that followed Scott Brown and didn't win anything. So he probably wants to get a few trophies under his belt as soon as he possibly can. And he's got a perfect opportunity this season because I think we are, we are well in it for three, if not four trophies this season. Oh, that's a big uh, statement to make. We'll all talk about um, our Norwegian counterparts, which we'll face in February. But um, Lawrence, obviously, you watched the game, and as I was talking earlier about the shape that we were playing, McGregor was a big influence. I thought in the game and Sunday, as he always is every week. But just getting those interchanges, getting balls to feet, and you know, he lets Cal- uh, guys like Rogic and Turnbull go and do their creative bit. We've spoken a lot on here. Probably speak about it every weekend here. People. Are Probably board days talking about that six, eight, ten. But when he's in there and he's he's playing those balls, he just lets Roderick and Turnbull go and do this stuff. And again, I thought Tom Roderick at the weekend was superb, not just because he's goal, get ninety minutes out of him again, and um, it was just something we're not used to seeing. But he's doing it this season, and he's doing it, you know, practically every week. Yeah, that, that, when I mean, he could have the hat trick, couldn't he? Could have the hat trick, Tom. But yeah, brilliant again. He's you know, as you said, ninety minute players. I think Callum at the six is just quicker than Beaton and, and McCarthy. He just moves the ball really quick for them, doesn't he? He's, so we catch the other teams in transition quicker. But the amount of ground he covers, you know, when he's cleaning, cleaning up for other players, he just easily, for me, the best player in the, the, the team, Kalmak. Yeah. You know, made in season as captain, as Patrick says, you know, could be four trophies. You know, we're still on the hunt for, for all of the trophies, I suppose, you know. Uh, we've got the final of the weekend. Hopefully, it's, it's Callum's first as captain and Angie's first as manager. It'd be great to see. Very much then draws an all par- parallel with the Win Jansen team, doesn't it? When they came in and won the, the Coca Cola Cup and kicked on from there. So, hopefully, it can be the same for Angie's team. Yeah, we'll get on to kind of talk about the Cup final because it's, you know, it's not far away now. Um, it's kind of snuck up upon us. But, um, one of the other subs I thought was really interesting at the weekend, Patrick, I think Ange said that, that Mikey possibly felt something, didn't want to take the risk, so took him off after having to put him back on. It was bringing Ralston on and putting Juranovic forward, and you know, a couple of minutes later after that, Juranovic is bombing down the right-hand side and puts in a great ball that we nearly scored from. Um, bit of a different substitution from Ange Postacoglu, that probably um, forced by, obviously, Mikey Johnson, but um, yeah, a bit different from Ange's approach, but again, as I said, it was good to see Celtic grind out again like that against Motherwell and get the three points. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, as much as we dominated the game, it is only 1-0 and Motherwell did have their chances. So it is important to try and, you know, solidify yourself at the back and limit their chances to as little as possible. But, um, 
No, you know, I think Tom Rodrick should actually score. He just sort of he opens his boot too much, I think. If we're thinking of the right chances, he opens his boot too much. Because um, he goes right to the byline, Jovanovic. And he's, I didn't realise how fast he was. I, every, every week I'm shocked at just how quick he is. Because, you know, I don't think he was as comfortable at left-back because he was taking touches and passing with his right foot and he's, you know, on the, at the left-hand uh, touchline. Um, but looks a lot more assured and he looks like he, he could even play right wing if he wanted to. Um, he might have that, to. <laughs> I, ho- hopefully it won't come to that. I think everyone knows my views and playing players out of position. But uh, no, you know, another solid win and just sort of, you know, on to Wednesday night. But yeah, that's what they mean. Beginning of the season, you know, with Dan and Jared on from Boys Down Under saying, look, Andrew, you really, you're going to lose goals. Don't worry about defence, it's all about attack. But he's come in and he's really sorry about the defence, first of all, hasn't he? You know, we've got best record in Scotland defensively. You're kind of going, this is almost the, the opposite of what we expected uh, in terms of the defence just being left. Whereas he's really come in and Patrick said he just limits the chances other teams get. It's probably. You know, a first choice defence on the park for one of the few times this season, and you know, looking at rock solid again. Yeah, and, and one of the key um, personnel in that defence, Lawrence, is Joe Hart. Uh, and again at the weekend, you know, I know it was offside, but it's a cracking double save. He puts his body in the line. He doesn't know he's offside. He doesn't know it's offside at the time. And I think those are big moments in games that we just didn't get last season. You've got a good goalkeeper who I think we all trust at times. Yeah. We get a wee bit nervy when the ball's put her in the back, but when we need the big moments out of Joe Hart, this season he's given us it. And those are moments in games where I think that we push on because you see him getting up and he's telling his defenders to sort themselves out. And, you know, I think he's been a real key part of this Ange Postacoglu Celtic side. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's definitely bought in it, hasn't he? I mean, it's a huge wage cut to come and play here. He just wants to play football, but you see how quickly he's getting the ball off the ball, boys. And, and moving it quickly. I saw kind of Cart Vickers telling me to calm down at one point. He's like, no, mate, just over the top of him up to Rodrick. Listen, we're going again. We're not stopping. Uh, he's got to inspire confidence with the boys at the back. I mean, last season, you know, with Barkas, Bain and Connor Hazard, uh, the boy that, you know, done a lot to win as the quadruple treble in that final. Uh, but I think, yeah, Joe's just head and shoulders above all the other keepers at the club. Yeah, he absolutely is head and shoulders out of them. Good pun, Lawrence. Um, <laughs> Gerard Riley came in to say, Murrow's up was very good three points, but I'm concerned that the amount of missed chances will bite us in the Kyber Pass, crying out to kill games, please. Patrick, on that, um, Celtic aired an interview yesterday with Kyogo Furuhashi. Um, I don't know if that was teasing us towards the, the cup final. Um, and he spoke about, he wants to score 20 goals this season, and he has annoyed at himself that he is missing chances. Is it just that you know, I still think Celtic, you know, we could have taken a lot more than three off of Indian United, but possibly before Christmas or just after the team's going to get an absolute doing off us. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, yeah, I don't want to bring up XG too much, but it, these things sort of balance themselves out, you know. Is that important to talk about? Ah, no, it is. Um, you know, did we deserve to score six against both Dundee and St Martin? Almost, but probably not. So did we deserve to score more against Aberdeen, Hearts and Motherwell at home? Yeah, we probably did. But these things are, are balanced and um, the, the stats do say we've got a lot more wins to come. Uh, whether they're grinding one nothings or one and 3 nothing away uh, at Tanadice, you know, more wins are to come. So 
suppose that's good news. But, uh, you know, I think in December particularly, I'm not really fussed about how we win the game or what the scoreline is, you know, as long as we win the game. Because it's such a tough month that you're looking to pick up a trophy, you know, you could say the league's decided in a in a month like this. And then you get, you know, for a footballer, it's quite a long holiday after it. I think they get a week off and then it's two weeks training, uh, one in Dubai and one in Lennox Town. And then you're immediately back into a must-win cup game. So, you know, I'll take any win uh, right up until January the 2nd. Yeah, uh, I think that, that two-week break, especially whenever Celtic decide to go, um, and just getting in the training ground, Lawrence getting back to basics with Ange Postecoglou. A lot of the guys came in quite late. We're hoping to add, I think it's three additions from the G League and in that Celtic team. That all bodes well for the future. Yeah, especially if we can get them in you know, as soon as the transfer window opens. Ange has worked with the, uh, one of them before. He knows the style of the other two, so we're assuming that they're going to fit his system pretty well. And I think it's all about getting that time in the training pitch. With Ange, because the amount of games we've got just now, they're not, you know, we've just played Sunday, but we're playing tomorrow night. We're not going to be doing a lot of training in between those games. I think the more time he gets in the training pitch with him, the more this team's going to improve. Yeah. Listen, tick the games off till it opens up, see who comes in. Hopefully, it's, you know, the three from the J League, and we've got our eyes, you know, maybe another couple, because we are really light. We don't know where we'll be sitting injury wise then as well. Yeah. Because it just seems every week it's getting added to, doesn't it? Uh, so, yeah, it, you know, if we can take those games off with wins uh, and get some fre- fresh blood into the team, I think it'd be brilliant. Yeah, um, that would be a big bonus. Um, and again, Patrick, there might be a wee bit of worry, but obviously we're talking about arrivals coming into Celtic Park. But I'll be yet to send that hamstring injury against Real Betis. It probably means a long layoff. I don't know how many teams would probably want to touch him now. Um, if that's going to be the case in January, if he's going to be out for a while, I do imagine Vassilis Barkas will depart the building. Nobody to be seen in the bench on Wednesday night. Um, so probably Barkas out the building, but a Yeti with that injury, not so sure now. No, probably not. I mean, there's not been as many rumours with a Yeti as there has been with Barkas. Um, so it's not as if it was a done deal and the injury scuppered anything, but um, no, it just makes it a bit harder to you know, sell a player on. It's not like Kevin Tierney where you had three, four years of proven world-class talent there. Um, you know, yet he struggled for 18 months and now he's injured for a long period of time, so... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. 
House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I think that's going to be one for the summer, uh, personally. Um, but, you know, it'll be good to get these guys off the wage bill because it's not working for them, it's not working for us, and it's just costing us money. So, yeah, just to, good to get rid of them. And, you know, just on Joe Hart, I think he's made, like, I think it's several double saves he's made. And, you know, a few of them have been offside, but he's 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 done pretty well for a guy who is allegedly weak on his, you know, lower left-hand side. Um and he's very, very important to how we play out from the back because Bain, Barkas and Gordon were never quick to, to get the ball out there. His heart's a second or two. He doesn't give anyone any time. He's, he's right out there uh, trying to get the ball to Abada, Jota, Kyogo, Turnbull, whoever. Um, so I think he's extremely important to how we play. Yeah, he is extremely important to how we play. Lawrence, we've kind of reached the halfway point. Uh, on here before we talk about Ross County in the Cup final, I just want to uh, announce that the the money raised from the charity weekend, uh, the auctions, all in um, twenty eight thousand pounds, absolutely remarkable. And um, from everybody that you know tunes into the channel, from everyone that's donated on the auction and over the weekend, thank you so so much. Um, I'm no Canon Tom White, um, will appreciate it. That the people of the parish of St Alphonsus and St Mary's Calton will appreciate it. It's an absolutely phenomenal amount of money to have raised over the weekend at this point in time, and it will take that worry away as we enter um, still uncertain times at this moment in time. But, Ron, it's just on that an absolutely incredible amount to have raised over the weekend. Yep, absolutely. It's amazing, you know, thanks to everyone that donated, watched the charity weekend, all the other Celtic podcasts for coming on, people at Bid and eBay, absolutely. you know. I think the only thing missing is if Celtic can maybe step up and do something uh, and give something back to the, the parish that gave us Celtic. So whether Celtic done that directly or through their charity foundation, it'd be great if they could maybe do something. Yeah, but this connect between Celtic and the fans, you wouldn't believe it, would yeah, you? We all know about that. Um, but as Lawrence said there, Patrick, hopefully that's something the club might look at um, at some point. But, you know, for just now, £28,000 phenomenal amount thanks to all the podcasters as well um, really big team effort from everybody involved in it thanks to everybody that donated and tuned in over the weekend yeah 100% you know 24 hours of content over uh, over the, over a weekend um, you know to, to get all this organised you know Paul, John and Kelvin in the background as well who might not have featured for much of the 24 hours but totally vital to, the, to what was going on yeah, everyone who donated everyone who bid in the auction, you know, everyone who came on the channel commented, liked the videos, shared the videos. It's a phenomenal amount and, you know, I think, you know, us three are aware of how, how far that money will go in, mm. in, the, in the parish and in the community and all that, uh, especially at this time of year, especially in the coming years after what's happened with COVID the last 21 months. So, phenomenally important and absolutely impressive. Yeah, so huge thank you everyone. That, that tuned in, donated, everybody that took part, absolutely fantastic. Um, but Lawrence, Ross County away, it's a, a place where we struggled at uh, the last time we were there. We had one of our better performances of last season up there, we won 5-0. Uh, 
it's when we all thought, oh, this may be coming together. And then I don't know what happened after that. Um, but please draw us count of this season. We won 3 0 at Celtic Park. But it took quite a while to get the breakthrough in that game. Um, I do imagine Ross County will have a bit of a different approach up in, in Dingwall tomorrow night. Um, it took to 64 minutes. If you remember, it was that looking shot from Carter Vickers taking a step out and, and having a dig. How do you think we'll approach the game tomorrow night? There's a lot of people in the comments um, saying that they maybe want a few changes to the team. But how do you think Angel set his team up to face uh, the Staggies? I think he, it's going to be the same style. He's going to set up you know, four three three. I I don't think he's going to change too much. Injury p- p- uh, permitting, I don't think we're going to see Kyoto or Yota or anything. But uh, Kyogo or Yota back. Don't know how serious it is with Forrest and Mikey, but I I think Ange's going to go same philosophy or attack. Will Ross County do anything different? I, I don't think they will. I think they'll just try and pack the defence again and hit us on the break or at a set piece. I think that's kind of what teams have resigned themselves to. I, I think they know if they open up. They're going to get destroyed. So mm. I think they go right. Our best chance of a point here is keep it tight, get people behind the ball, try and hit the break or from a set piece. So from that, uh, I don't think that there's going to be any surprises. It's just going to be how the front three works and indeed who the front three is going to be. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Patrick's back in. Just on that, Patrick, Lawrence is talking about you know, teams opening up against us. There's a possibility that they might get a bit of grubbing if they do that um, but Ross County impressive this season in terms of you know something you were talking about earlier next year in terms of goals they've scored more goals in Hibernia and Dundee United and Motherwell so far this season so they can create they can certainly take chances 3-2 win at the weekend against Dundee another one of the teams that are struggling down there but um, Ross County so far this season have been a bit of a surprise package in terms of the way that they go forward and they're, they're quite clinical when they do go forward Ross County yeah I mean really really bad start and um, you know their, their performances didn't merit the results that they got. And then I think you seen, I think they beat Dundee four or five nothing, and that was a bit of a turning point because they've been on a great run. And um, you know, I I don't wish them any luck because of the manager they've decided to go with this season. However, the manager they've decided to go with does have them playing good. Uh, they're creating their chances. Um, they're due more. You know. We've just spoken about XG. They're due more good results. Um, if if XG is is correct, if it also balances itself out by the end of the season, um, hoping that does that good result doesn't happen on uh, Wednesday night. But I think they'll be safe. I think you're probably looking at teams like St Johnson and Livingston and Dundee. Those are the main three battling out at the bottom. I think Ross County will be safe. Um, so. I'm, I'm hoping we can get an early lead, maybe 2 0 at half time, and get a lot of our players off because uh, we need to wrap them in cotton wool for that cup final, the way our injury list is growing. Yeah. Um, Lawrence, on that, you know, Rose County talked about goals there, but they are a threat at set pieces. They've got a few big players in there. Um, you know, is that something you worry about? Or, you know, Starfield Vickers again at the back? We do seem as if we've came leaps and bounds in terms of that being our sticking point last season. Especially, I mean, we do know that a Celtic team can score goals. Listen, we don't lose a lot of goals, but the majority of the goals we lose come from set pieces. So, yeah, it's something that without Ange, we'll have them switched on and be aware of. Don't give away too many set pieces. But I think County, although they've got a high XG, they'll play differently 
against Celtic to the play against the St Mirren or Dundee when they would get these high XGs. So I, I really, I, I'm expecting to sit and try and hit us on the break and from set pieces. Uh, Patrick's touched it. If you get the early goal, it opens it up a bit, especially if we can get to two, that then they really need to come out. You know, when it's still sitting 1-0, you're still a bit nervous. I mean, look at the weekend there, we 15 to go, the team looked knackered. And, you know, we've seen them change the front three before at that stage. We, we don't have that luxury just now where we can change that. So, yeah, it, it, it's try to get the game, game done first half, I think, for me. Get, you know, get those two goals in and Listen, see who we can rest then and, and who we can put on out of the squad. Uh, it'd be good to see Scales get some game time again. I know Taylor's just back, so I'd imagine we're going to be managing him back into the team. We won't want to be, be, be maybe playing three or four games in a row, full 90 minutes. So I think getting Scales some game time would be good. Uh, maybe even Henderson, depending on how, you know, Mikey and Jamesy are. Because... <laughs> Whoever's, you know, we've obviously lost counties first, but we've got to be thinking about who's going to be fit for the cup final. What stage are they going to be at? How many minutes will they have in their legs before it? So I think hopefully a couple of goals for first half and then get on some of the French players and, and try and get some minutes in their legs. Yes, um, I think probably that is a better way to approach the game, pass it in terms of who can we take off rather than who can we not start with. Um, I expect a, a strong team up there tomorrow night. Uh, starting for Celtic, what, what team do you think uh, Ange will go with? In terms of the, the starting eleven, Yeah. Um, Joe Hart, obviously. Um, I think he'll stick to the back four. Um, Taylor, Starfield, Carter Vickers. Um, I think he might bring Ralston on. Um, I'm not sure. It could be either of the two of them. Saying that, he could start Jovanovic in the right wing, you know, with, with Forrest probably missing out. Possibly. And Kyogo and Jota almost certainly missing out. You know, he might start Jovanovic up top. McGregor, Turnbull, Rodjick. Um I'd maybe like to see Ewan Henderson come off the bench. Um, up top. Uh, oh, that's a challenging one. Uh, I take that back. Maybe Beaton in the midfield and uh, McGregor, and, McGregor and Rodjick in the midfield with him. And then maybe Turnbull up top like at the weekend. And then probably... Johnston and Abada, maybe. Um, yeah. If Mikey's um, fit. Yes, also if yeah. Mikey's fit, yes. Well, yeah. I think it was a precaution taking him off. I think it was largely fitness. So, fingers crossed, because if, I mean, he's not been the best this season, but if he's out, we're sort of, we really are delving deep right into the squad. Mm. Um, but it's something that you know, we can do in terms of delving deep into the squad, because now we've got players there that we can look at and say, well, well, they, they could do as a turnout that I'm saying, you know, Ange Postacogo is going to go back to Osazi or the Gidi, Liam Shaw and, and Ewan Henderson tomorrow night, but he certainly knows he can can trust these guys, Lawrence. Um, but again, I think as you made a really good point on it, it all depends on when that goal comes. Um, I, I think, you know, the, the game at home to Ross County was quite stuffy. It took to 64 minutes. I mean, the goal did come, we got another two through Alvin Ayeti, short corner, um, if you remember, remember that game. But... Uh, yeah, I think it does depend on when the goal comes in the game, Lawrence. And, and again, you know, spoke there about it could have been a lot more against Willow, but Kelly, Liam uh, Kelly, I think he's the middle goalkeeper. Fairly decent game at the weekend. Pulled off a, a few really good saves. But um, yeah, I think, as you say, Lawrence, get that early goal quite a long night for Ross County. Yeah, uh, I think our problem's going to be 
Who's fit to play in the wings? Never mind up front as well. Uh, you know, Owen Moffat's been training with the first team. Could we see him making an appearance on the bench just to give us that option out there? You know, if Mikey's taking off as a precaution, how fit is he? So, so we're going to need options, are we? Uh, it's, it, it's going to be really strange, uh, that, that front three. And I could see Juranovic actually just playing on the right uh, and Tony Ralston behind him. Mm. It, it, it just fills a problem position for us just now in terms of fitness. And then you, you're going, right, if we play with who plays up front, could we try a badder through the middle? Who knows? And then on the left, maybe we'll try Montgomery again. I don't know. You know, it, it didn't look to happen too much from the last time he played left wing, but it's an option. And we don't have a lot of them just now, which which is a worry. Mm-hmm. No, Adam Montgomery's a, a good shoot, Lawrence said, because, you know, but we've saw him featured this season. Um, not played too much after they get that win and assist up at Petote, Patrick, but, you know, he's now starting to play in that left wing. It looks as if that is possibly going to be his preferred position. Taylor's now back. Obviously, Skills well can play there. We've played Juranovic there. Um, so, you know, would that be a shout for you? Coming out in that left-hand side if we badly needed it? Maybe. I mean, I disagree with both of you. I think he's a left-back, personally. Um, yeah, no chance. Because <laughs> he, no he, he, he was a left-winger up until about two and a half years ago, and he's been playing left-back for two and a half years now. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I'm yeah. sure Ange will be making that decision, not any of us three, but, um, you know, to, to, to deputise, to fill a gap, I think, yes, he can play left-wing. Don't think he had his best game against Betis, which is what's making me think he's a left-back, to be honest. Um, because I think he's he's good going forward, but I don't know. I think he struggled to beat a man, but then again, it's pretty hard to get through get past a, a Spanish defender. Um, so you know, hard to say, but uh, I think yes, he, he would do a job. Um, the, the worry is going into the cup final. How many? You know, who are we relying on here? Because if if Johnston is struggling for fitness and then is injured up at Dingwall, you know, who is the front three for the cup final? Is it? Montgomery, Turnbull and Abada or something? Well, you, know, you never know who could appear back for the cup final. Yes, it, it could all be main games, just like Leverkusen. But um, yep. I'll just be saying decades of the rosary up until kick-off, I think. Well, I know you do that. The majority <laughs> of the team goes to games, Patrick, so that's fine. But Paradise 63's came in here with a team of Hart, Ralston, Vickers, Starfield, Taylor, McGregor, Turnbull, Rogic, Juranovic, Abada and Montgomery. If that's what Ange Postecoglou got going into last night, I'd be quite happy with that. Again, Patrick, I take your point and the beat on maybe get in there because you know you can do a job in there. And a game like this, um, got Sean coming in to say Hart, Ralston, Starfield, Vickers, he put skills in at left back. Beat on in there, just as I mentioned, McGregor, Turnbull, Johnston, if he's fit, Rodic and Juranovic. Um, we'll see what the team is um, come Wednesday night, of course. I think Andrew possibly doing a presser today as well. We might get some hints at that who is fit and who isn't fit. Um, but Lawrence, as Patrick says, that it might just all be mind games, just as long as it's not another Lewis Morgan up front like it was in the League Cup final two years ago. Yeah, it didn't turn out too badly, but... No, it never turned <laughs> out badly. Uh, it turned yeah. out badly for everybody's nerves in 90 minutes, but the result <laughs> was fine. Look, uh, it, it's, it's really just kind of managing the players at this stage. No doubt Ange is uh, he's smart enough to play mind games. He, he, he caught everyone out uh, earlier in the season, so... Hopefully, there's some some players return for the the League Cup final. But whoever gets picked in a cup final, you'd expect us to have enough to beat Hibs, wouldn't you? They're on a horrendous run of form. Yeah, 
you know, to have got a stand-in manager at the moment, you'd expect us to have have enough. Uh, hopefully, tomorrow night we see some performances with the guys that are giving their chance up top. You know, in the front three positions, that maybe it gives us a bit more hope that they'll be able to do it in the cup final. Uh, but yeah, listen, as long you know, one 0 in the next two games would be outstanding for me. Uh, whether it's uh, an 89th minute goal or a first minute goal, it's just about winning the games just now until we get players back and the transfer window opens, isn't it? Yeah, no, 100%. Totally agree with you there, mate. If it was 1-0 um, until, from now until the rest of the season, I don't think any would have any complaints because if it was that, they'd win every trophy going. Um, so, yeah. But you've mentioned Tibbs there, Patrick. On the Hibs, they played in D tonight. Um, their chief executive, I think, or their chairman's come out being cancelled to say that they're hopeful the process is coming to a conclusion soon. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details. Um, our former manager has been ruled out. David McInnes has been ruled out. Alec Neal have been ruled out. Three of the people linked with that job. They're closing in on our new manager. If they do get that new manager in before the end of the week, um, how big a lift could that be for Hibernian? Because we know just now, you know, they're not in great shakes. Seventh in the league, even if they do beat Dundee tonight, they'll still be seventh in the league. But could a potential new manager come in there and give them a big lift? They might give them a lift, but I'm not sure a lift is enough to uh, outscore Celtic on Sunday. You know, our, our philosophy is limit the chances of the opponent and attack, attack, attack whenever you have the ball. So for them to counter that, on Sunday just through having a, a new manager bounce I don't think that's possible personally maybe I'm just being a, an optimist uh, well oh, <laughs> it's Hibs we're playing uh, mm. but uh, no maybe that's me being an optimist no I think I don't think the manager will make a particular difference I think if they're going to win the game they're going to win the game Um but uh, it'll be interesting to see who it is because I think a lot of the, the names that we expected Hibs to go for have been ruled out now so, mm-hmm. interesting to see what happens. Yeah, this is one of the names I've just put up on the screen here. Sean Maloney is now the bookies' favourite to take over over uh, to take over the Easter Road. Um, obviously, you know, bookies' favourites don't mean anything in terms of grand scale of things when it comes to managers. Um, but Lord, that would be a, an interesting uh, appointment if it was to be Sean Maloney if he was to come to Hibs. I'm not too sure about that one myself. That would actually happen. But if, if that was, it could you see? I figure like Sean Maloney giving Hibs a big boost going into this final for Sunday. Obviously, David Gray, that their cup final hero from five years ago, is going to be in charge tonight. There's potential that he'll be there on Sunday, but you know, could players be up in their game a wee bit to, to show something to the new manager in the cup final on Sunday if he's there? I think you know, you're always going to get a lift from a new manager, aren't you? Players are always going to want to impress. But listen, it's a cup final. It- should they want to? Should it lift them any more than the chance to win win the cup against the best team in Scotland? I would I'd be surprised. Whoever comes in, he's not going to have a lot of time to work with them. David Gray's. Let's be honest, it's going to be his team. It's like that time, you know, 
Lou McCarry came in for the, the game at Ibrox. We all know that was Frank Connors team that won that game. So it's kind of that that whoever the new manager is, he won't have time really to do a lot with him before the cup final. Uh, so yeah, Maloney would be interesting for them. I don't think he'd go, but you know, be be interesting to see if he went. He always speaks well when he's on, you know, giving his analysis on the TV. He he's obviously served an, an apprenticeship under Martinez, so it'd be an interesting choice for them. You said that they drilled out. Our ex-manager, which one was that, Lenny or, or Delia, that's been ruled out? Because I just Lenny, don't know who's still in the running. All of them. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if Ronnie would maybe fancy switching life in, in New York for, for Rainy Leaf, but, you know, you don't know, but I think... Rainy I don't Leaf? Think it's I thought be... it was sunshine down there. Nah, nah, but it's just going to be rainy on Sunday, mate. Don't worry about that. We know sunshine and leaf comes Sunday. Um, <laughs> but we're getting told here, never mind, to be earning. we are Celtic, and we are that, Patrick, and Celtic's record at Hamden um, since, you know, 2016 is absolutely phenomenal. Um, just to kind of run down on that record, they, they last lost at Hamden in 90 minutes in January 2016, against Rose County, funnily enough. Um, we last lost a final that we competed in at Hamden in 2012. And in terms of the League Cup, a cup that, you know, Celtic have struggled in throughout our history. Um, out of the seven past finals, We've competed in five of them, and we've won all five of them. And as we man Betty all just to say, you know, we fought Hamden as a training ground. It has become that in recent years. It's time to get that going again, isn't it? Come Sunday, hundred percent, hundred percent. And you know, the big pitch suits us. It's um, it's a really impressive record when you consider we've played what is it ten or twelve games since uh, January twenty sixteen. And we haven't lost any in 90 minutes. So, really impressive. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think we we had 14 League Cups about seven years ago. This could be our 20th. And when you even consider, you know, the great Jock Steen, I think he was like 2 out of 9 or 2 out of 8 or something. He really, really struggled with the League Cups. I don't know whether, you know, it's always been referred to as the Diddy Cup. I don't see it that way personally. He won. You know. No, I don't know if it's... Two. It's a very what low about, amount anyway. Five or six. No, he won three or four back. Wait, back. he lost. He lost. Trebles. So I, he lost quite a few them. finals. Would be my point. Yeah. Uh, Steen won the, the league cup. I think 65, 66, 67 He won it sixty-eight. He won it sixty. He won it five times in a row. Lost out in seventy. Lost out in seventy-one. Fissile fans were reminded of that one. Uh, and that kind of, I think, post seventies. Not a great record, but pre. 1970, I think it's five in a row Steam won and League Cups just in case anybody gives you it stinking for that because I don't want you getting pulled <laughs> off, you know No, no, um, you're always here to correct me No, uh, no, it. it's a great record we've got and um, you know it's, it, you know, four, 14 trophies in what eight, uh, 70 years and then to go what, five out of six, five out of seven great Five out of seven, record. possibly six out of eight come Sunday Aye, so Great record, and hopefully it is six out of eight, as you say. Uh, Lawrence, you know, as a banner headline says, the selection dilemma facing Ange Postecoglou for first final. We hope that whatever team he plays tomorrow night gets through it, no injuries, and we're you know fit and ready to go for for Sunday. But we've spoken about the Habies getting a boost if he get a new manager by then. How big a boost could it be? You know, we've, we've read Ange's comments. He's saying if you ask Yogo, does he want to play? you will say yes, he's fit. 
And if you ask the medical team, they'll say two, three weeks. Is it worth it for maybe 10, 15 minutes if we're struggling just to throw him on if he's on the bench? I think he's on record also saying we risked Jamesy at the weekend and he wasn't 100% fit. So we, you can kind of know what can go wrong. It really depends what, what our options are going to be. Uh, nothing more than, or nothing less than that, doesn't it? Depends after tomorrow night how we've performed and do we have anyone else added to the list of unfit? So, uh, you know, across that front three, we're just so short just now. If Owen Moffat comes in and comes off the bench and gives us a hat-trick tomorrow night, it might alleviate you know, all our worries. Uh, but I, I think maybe we're a, we're a bit early. I know we won't be on before the cup final again, but it's it's one game at a time, surely. And not least just to, to pick up the points, but just to see who's uh, going to be fit after tomorrow night uh, and ready for the cup final. If Kyogo's got any chance, listen, we might have no option but to put him on the bench, we might be that short. You know, it could be Kyogo's 90% fit, James's 40% fit. It, you know, that's where we could be sitting with everything. But in big games like that, it's possibly worth a listen. Jungle Line is reminding us, as Patrick has, you know, Newcastle with their new manager are still but I wonder who that could be. Not a clue who could be talking about there. No. Um, just to correct myself, I said Celtic in the League Cup 68-69. The format changed that season, as I remember. Um, we gubbed Hibs, I think, 5-2. Five five um, it was played in the March of 69. They went back to do it in the October time. We beat St. Johnson 1-0. Just so take, take a repeat of that. Yeah, nobody uh, can I There you go. 5-2. Um, that would be an all-right score. I ain't bothered then it's got a hatchet that day. Um, if anybody can do that for us and Cindy, we'll all be delighted. Yesterday, just to conclude here, um, I think the draw was live when uh, Paul, Amy and Tony were on yesterday. But we were drawn against Bodo Glimt, Lawrence, not Glint, as Celtic made the mistake with early on and to delete their tweet. Bodo Glimt, they are Norwegian champions. They have came to attention, have came to everybody's attention after they absolutely battered Roma. Yeah, Roma reserve side. Um, three points to win the league off of uh, Mulder, an old foe that we know a lot about. Um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's Mulder, um, who beat us, obviously, in that 2015-16 season. All the people who are giving a state about Ron will be back on reminding us of that Mulder game. But um, yeah, Bodo Glimt will be a, a stern test. I don't think Ange Postecoglou takes any side lightly. We've made significant improvements in Europe, I think, since uh, you know that first game kicked off against Midtjylland. It'll be a tough test. It's not the big long journeys that we've maybe we're worried about. You know, when Carabag and Maccabi Tel Aviv came out very early on in the draw, I thought it's a sigh of relief because that would affect us. But, but Bodo and um, Lawrence, the league season finished in November. They won't start their season again till March. Could that benefit Celtic as well as a January transfer window? Lodge right in the middle of that. Yeah, I think yeah, I think definitely. I said tra- I think though I think the January transfer window is going to be more important to us because we're so threadbare. I said Patrick Berg's been linked with us. If he's been linked with us, he's been linked with a few clubs around about Europe. So I'm, I'm pretty sure there'll be clubs looking at uh, both those players and trying to pick up the best of them from them. Not having played is definitely going to have affected them. If we can uh, get the right players in. Uh, you know, Big Chris could even be back. You know, get most of their players back from injury. Uh, Bodo's going to be hard. You know, small stadium, artificial pitch. You know, we love those 
kind of grounds, don't we? You know, it's, it's almost like the Norwegian Livingston. So, yeah, it, it's a tough tie for us, but I think it has advantage us, you know, the fact that they went out, been playing football for a while, and hopefully we've got a few more players in, and we've still been playing. So we all always talk about match fitness. So hopefully we have it, and they don't. But yeah, it, it's one that you'd want to. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would like to see us go through. I know they beat Roma, but you know, I, I think Angel take us through that tie. Yeah, and and Patrick is you know. Jimbo's come in in the comments here saying, you know, Baird could be going by the time they meet. He possibly could be. He's been the, the guy that's been tipped to get a move away from uh, from Bodo Glimt. But And again, on that, you know, January transfer window, we've spoken enough about Hatati, Maeda and Nidiguchi. Um, all, all those additions to that Celtic side should only make us stronger. Hopefully Jota back, Kyogo back, I'd imagine, for those games. Don't know what, uh, what other business will do in January. We should be in a better place come... February when we do place Bodo Glimt don't know where they'll be in terms of recruitment in terms of their squad and do you think that we lay off November to March could benefit us um, because we'll basically be Bodo Glimt's probably pre-season game I think we, I think it could um, you know I think the, the sixth one against Rome is a bit of a it's a bit of a deception because it is a, a Roman reserve side that I don't think Mourinho is taking the game too seriously Um you know, they get beaten 5-2 off of uh, Liga Warsaw and I think Europa League qualifying earlier this season. So they're, they're not they're not the, 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 the team that people think they are with that 6-1 result. You know, Patrick Berg, that could be the best result we could get in January, him being sold um, late in the window for them. Um, you know, I know it's their stadium's about 5,500. That's a tough pitch. You know, the weather will be freezing. You know, we've not won a, a knockout tie in Europe since 2004. It has to happen eventually. We said it with Copenhagen, but I'll say it again. It's our best chance so far. Um, it might not get easier. Not only that, I think the, the Europa Conference League, I don't think I'm overstepping the mark here and saying that it's a competition a lot of fans might fancy Celtic to win or at least get to the latter stages because you look at the teams and Teams like Roma and Tottenham are the favourites and they've been beaten by Mura and Bodo Glimt. So I think we stand a decent chance in the tie. I think we stand a decent chance in the competition. Yeah, and, and Callum's came in here in the comments to say that they've been selling players to, to big teams for a couple of years now. So hopefully that should uh, stand us in good stead before we, we make the trip closer, I think, to the North Pole than it is Scotland. Um, so it'll be a tough tie, Lawrence, um, but we should have enough, as, as Patrick's saying there, to hopefully come through it, I think we have a manager that takes every game very, very seriously and we'll look at this as a really good test for Celtic um, and you know, hopefully we do get through that time. As Patrick says, it, it would be good if we could go into the latter stages of this competition. Due to the fact we're going to be adding players to the squad, we're still players in the squad that are still very early in terms of European football experience. This all stands us in good stead for the following season. Yeah, it... I think so. Look, kind of month and month we're improving on that. As you said, we're going to be adding some more players to the mix. So I would expect this to be, you know, the rebuild's going to be further on, obviously, and time-wise, but I think on results-wise as well, I think that this team will be in a better place. We've had some decent results in Europe under Ange. You know, I think he's going to build on it. And, you know, why shouldn't we have aspirations to win it? It'd be great to, uh, for Ange to be able to put four trophies 
in the, the, the cabinet at the end of his first season. Yeah, that, that would be um, brilliant. But again, look at the draw and all that stuff. That's if you can do the draw correctly. I'm like UEFA yesterday with the <laughs> Champions League. Um, but yeah, as I touched on earlier, they're not going to play for three months. I think they won 18 out of 30 games and the league mode were only three points off. And Patrick's remind us there is that the record in Europa League um, in terms of qualification against Legia Warsaw. So, you know, see how it goes. Um, hope everybody enjoys the game tomorrow. I'm looking forward to it. And of course, we'll be back on next week after the cup final. Hopefully, we're, we're talking about Ange Postecoglou's first bit of silverware. I'm looking forward to the match against St Mirren. Um, but until then, thank you to everybody for watching the Celtic State of Mind. And once again, thank you to everyone that contributed to our charity weekender. Again, to remind everybody, just in case you missed it, £28,000 we raised a monumental uh, sum. And uh, I figured that you know we'll go a long, long way for the parishes of St. Alphonsus and St. Mary. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And hope you have an enjoyable day. Cheers. and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad, because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data q3 2022 and cox serviceable areas visit cox.com internet for details Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Network.